0: Projections. Oh, we get them wrong. We get them half right. We use the wrong ones. We use the wrong ones for the wrong place in the world. And then we go and use Mercator. Oh, don't get me started on projections. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Esri Australia. To get your hands on more short, sharp and immediately usable resources, head to the Esri Australia website and search for Goldmine. Welcome to GIS Directions. I'm Wayne Lee Archer. I'm Josh Vennman. And I'm Tata Knicker. And today we're going to be getting our hands dirty with messy data or data that needs some love by exploring a topic that is becoming increasingly important in the GIS world, data engineering.
1: Oh my gosh, this has been such a huge part of my life as a desktop analyst and just getting started in the machine learning and AI world. And often imperfect data is the reality at the beginning of pretty much every project. It takes a lot of time and effort to resolve these issues. In fact, 80% of analysis is getting your data ready for analysis, not the analysis itself. So things things like repairing your geometry, updating your attributes, editing data, removing unnecessary information. AI machine learning. Josh and I actually had a very interesting project where we um, had to look at some damage building footprints and you know run a couple of tools to see what we could pick up. And I reckon 90% of what we did was uh, cleaning up that data, wasn't it, Josh?
2: Cleaning it up and then finding the right data to train those models. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely the majority of the time. All right, let's frame the challenge, frame what we're going to talk about and look at some examples of where you're likely to come across these sorts of issues and share some tips on what tools you can bring to bear to streamline the whole process, make your data Clean, ready to use, and be more productive.
0: Well, I might chime in here with things that I think of when I think of messy data. And we see this all the time with um, things like addresses, where things aren't standardized, where you get something like ST versus street versus STRT. They all mean the same thing. We all know what they mean, but how are they going to end up being treated within our analysis and within our actual data preparation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it actually begs the question should should we be fixing this kind of problem at this point or earlier on? So when we think of desktop and cleaning up our data, we think of things like domains and subtypes. And, you know, is it a little too late at this point if all we're seeing in the data is variations in some of those themes?
2: I agree, Tara. I think it's great having tools to fix data, but if you can police its quality at the moment, it gets into it, it's got to be better. A key one I see all the time is, or actually don't see, if you want to look at it that way, (laughs) is missing data. So this is attributes that will accept null values and have null values. But what does that mean? If it's a categorical attribute, how do you interpret what it should be? Do you get rid of it? Do you eject all the roads that might have missing values in them? And then what does that do to your data? So I think some really interesting conundrums there about what do you do when you encounter data like that and equally some really interesting opportunities for fixing it which are unique to spatial like using values of things that are close by which is something that obviously is a, a very a GIS type of solution to the problem.
1: I just want to add to what you've said and raise that messy bar a bit further and talk <laughs> geometry.
0: Oh, right. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so think
1: self-intersects. Livers, donut holes, lonely islands, you know, the much less obvious items, you know, when there's a problem.
0: You forgot bow ties.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely bow ties. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do in those instances when it's, it's much less obvious to actually pick up what the issue is?
2: Yeah, and you might not even, literally, you might not even see the problem unless mm. you zoom right into some hectically large scale and saw the gap between,
0: you know, one road and another or whatever mm. it is. And with big data sets, you know, that becomes increasingly more difficult to do uh, from a man coding sort of perspective as well.
1: And what about the basis of everything? One of all of our favourites, and I know, Wayne, oh, this is definitely you, one of your favourites. You going. <laughs> projections.
0: <laughs> projections. Oh. We get them wrong. We get them half right. We use the wrong ones. We use the wrong ones for the wrong place in the world, and then we go and use <laughs> Mercator. Oh, don't get me started on projections.
2: I'm sure you you two would have come across this, but you've got data that hasn't got a world file, or you don't know what the projection uh, is. What do you do? Just assume it's GDA94, or
0: hope that it doesn't matter if it's 200 meters out. <laughs>
1: Working in the middle of the ocean.
0: <laughs> well, Tar, look. I know you know about the next thing that we're going to be talking about, and this is something that I only just spotted recently at the um, the Dev Summit when they presented the data engineering tools for ArcGIS Pro. <gasps> Did you see them, Tar?
1: Absolutely. And uh, with Pro so close to my heart, those data engineering tools in Pro 2.8, they help you to explore and visualize and clean and prepare your data. And there's actually a brand new data engineering tab. So, you know, in Pro, we work with ribbons and views and tabs, and it actually categorizes your data engineering into four subgroups. So tools to construct, tools to clean, tools to format, and tools to integrate your data. Now, this brings lots of data preparation capability into one place, and it makes the tedious task of data prep a whole lot easier. So think, you know, I can quickly visualize, for example, the number of null values via summary statistics, and this comes as its own field, and it's based on each and every attribute. So imagine you're looking at population count, and you know, for every single record, it's going to tell you how many of those are null values, that's a game changer for me.
0: Not just that either, Ty. What I found was super cool in the data, the new data engineering uh tab in Pro was there's a column that actually graphically describes each of the data fields. So you can see, for instance, if your data is falling along a normal distribution curve, it's got a tiny little graph in there that says, okay, here is the distribution of your values. So you can get a snapshot on a field-by-field basis of whether your data feels right or not. If you're seeing, you know, massive big spikes in that distribution curve graph that you've got there, you might think, okay, well, what's going on there? Or if if you're not seeing that distribution curve at all, then maybe you've got one of those problems like Josh was talking about with null values or missing values. And there's tool built in there to help you correct those problems. I love it. I love it.
2: I think that's the goal for me, Wayne. I mean, arguably, there was always a way of kind of getting a histogram of the distribution of your data albeit with more clicks. But to actually have guided help to fix outliers or missing values or wacky distributions, I think is really cool. Although I know, Tar, you'd love it to be the pro show. <laughs> I'm going to talk about another often forgotten ArcGIS tool that uh, I think is really useful in this space, and that's data review. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Really- it's not often mentioned, but that is a really great tool for systemizing, turning this kind of QA work mm-hmm. into a process that's repeatable. Mm-hmm. So on the desktop, you can use it to analyze data sets and get really rich feedback on what's wrong with the data, both from a geometry and an attribute perspective. Mm-hmm. Then you can bake that reviewer or that review process into a batch job that you can then run in RGIS Enterprise. So you can start to think about using that in the context of a almost like a governance gate that data has to go through before it gets into the system. So I think that's a really important one to remember too.
0: And is that a separate tool or is it a plug-in, Josh? Or how do, how do you get your hands on Data Reviewer?
2: It's still considered an extension, right. whether to ArcMap, to Pro or the
0: ArcGIS server. So we should definitely put a link up on the show notes to, to Data Reviewer. Yeah, definitely. yeah for sure. One of the other things that I can't help but mention, I do it every episode. What am I going to say? Oh my goodness. Notebooks. <laughs> of course, we're going to talk about notebooks. And rightfully so, I think. In yeah, this case. absolutely. The thing we need to remember is uh, there is the da- new data engineering tab in Pro. Pro's awesome. But these tools have, in some sort of way, been around for a while. A lot of them are, are still right there in your geoprocessing tools, in that geoprocessing toolbox. And so what we shouldn't forget is that you can call those from Python from any of your Python-driven tasks. So we can do that in simple Python scripts for data migration or for that heavy lifting, but we can do it also in notebook and this is a really good way as data scientists to share that information between each other in a way that everybody can see and understand so i'm going to throw notebooks out there as my extra cool tool for doing (laughs) this kind of data processing and data engineering that's a good shout out good shout out
2: no it's a really good one i think repeatability is is a super important part of this and making sure that if tar's gone to all the trouble of figuring out how to fix the problems in a data (laughs) set where those problems are going to be evident every time you get it you want to be able to fix those problems if tar's not around for the day so that's right your notebook could be the answer i've just got one final spin on data engineering that i want to bring up it's not so much about fixing data it's about augmenting data which is Mm. in that same bucket of what do you do with your data when you get it and that's doing things like geo enrichment so saying hey, I've got some point locations here and I want to augment those with, let's say, some demographic data from the tapestry around the area or data on what people spend their money on. It's building out the data rather than fixing problems, but um, there's some very powerful tools in um, ArcGIS to let you do that.
1: I just want to add to that, Josh. So you've talked about um, something really important, and that's geo-enrichment in ArcGIS Pro, of course, as well as your enterprise and ArcGIS Online and Web GIS. Now, you can use services out of ArcGIS Online to add attributes about, for example, spending data to demographics and locations in your data. Now, you can do that in Pro or in a web app or through um, geoprocessing. And I think that's such a relevant addition to any data set, really enrich it and get more. Out of the information you already have
2: the other one which uh, i should have mentioned which is probably used more often is geocoding so mm-hmm. once you've solved the problems wayne talked about right at the beginning with this the street the strut the str. <laughs> you know, once you've got an address you can work with if you want the location then you might geocode that into mm-hmm. a point location on the
0: fly we've talked about a whole heap of different uh, data engineering tools here and I'm going to stick on my, my notebooks and AI machine learning sort of trend, because you know well, that's where, I, where I'm at. And I want to just, just uh, shout out to some of the new uh, geo processing or enrichment tools that are available for preparing imagery data, so tiles, for machine learning. There's these tools for your geodata handling for getting image tiles that can be fed into a machine learning model to help to train it. In its training phases. And then you can go and do cool things like localized flood mapping or flood detection or solar panel extraction or building uh, footprint extraction from imagery that you have handy for your local area. That's really cool and important. And that's now baked into the tools, the geoprocessing tools there in Pro. So we've got a really, really comprehensive toolbox now for doing this data engineering work.
2: Yeah, and look, we've covered a lot of ground, but I think there is a common thread in everything we've been saying. And I know we have our our favoured poster children for data <laughs> engineering here, but that, that common thread is that increasingly the tools are getting smarter to let us wrangle our data and make it shiny. And there's also a growing trend towards being able to hook those tools together in repeatable way, whether it's through notebooks or through tasks in ArcGIS Pro or Model Builder or just in Python scripting, Mm. but at the heart of it is all a set of tools
0: that you can use however works best for you. That's it, folks. Some snappy little tricks that'll help you unmess your data and potentially make it even more useful along the way.
1: <laughs> now, to help get you started with these tips and tricks and to excite the inner data scientist in all of us, we've added all these resources that we've spoken about to our website. That's GISdirectionspodcast.com.au. And we'd also love to hear any tips from you guys. So jump onto the website and send them through or connect with us through Twitter or
0: LinkedIn. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and And happy data engineering. Until next time. Happy mapping. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Esri Australia.